a small wooden dock, ropes encircling the pilings, nets draped like cobwebs over tin lean-tos, and a turquoise crystal sheet of Caribbean sea stretching towards the horizon. The masts of small sailing vessels divide the sky like tall Georgia pines. Long commercial fishing rods hang over the gunwales of charter yachts, bending on the early morning breeze like the lazy palm fronds lining the shore. Behind the dock, a backdrop of a modest port town, a la Belle Creole's arches lead down the rue where colonial-era buildings house Parisian cafes, and no judgment served to those who fancy a mid-morning digestif. That was the Martinique in Bogart's To Have and Have Not. The film bears little resemblance to the famous Hemingway novel, and I assume less to the modern port of Fort-de-France. But that scene makes up a part of my tropical fantasy. We all have it. A place in our minds that nowhere on earth, no matter how picturesque it may be, ever quite checks all the boxes of what we were expecting. And that's because what we're expecting doesn't exist. And that's okay. That's the essence of Tiki. But every once in a while, like that perfect pairing of flavors, we find it. It happens when we have that fortuitous balance of opportunity and happenstance. We get a glimpse of our personal island. It's those glimpses that keep folks like me wandering in excitement for what may be the next piece of paradise. That's why I dream of Martinique. Way down in the Windward Islands, Martinique shares a big part in the lore and majesty of the Caribbean. It also shares a historical part of the sea with the birthplace of rum, Barbados. Like most of the Caribbean before Columbus, the island was inhabited by Arawak and Carib peoples. By the 17th century, France had laid its claim and solidified itself as a major player in the colonial Caribbean. English, Spanish, Dutch, American, African, French cultures spin together like a brush through an artist's palette. Martinique is one of those places that stands out as a truly balanced cultural cocktail. I've never been to Martinique, though I very much want to see her. Thus, today I invite you to sail with me on a little journey through my mind's piece of paradise. Welcome to Pod Tiki. Let's talk about Tea Punch. The story of Tea Punch doesn't necessarily fall with the drink itself. The drink is not particularly complex or hold a rich historical drama. Tea Punch is rather quite pallid in comparison to our usually multifaceted concoctions, but for the ingredients, tools, and terroir. Tea Punch is about slowing down and enjoying simplicity. Let's go. Along the portrait of rolling fields adorned with local flora that is Habitation Clement are planted the historical seeds that are the root of our tale. This first stop in my mind's eye takes us to a rattan chair overlooking a lime green field dotted with palm trees. Palm trees. The sun is out, but not yet overbearing, and the humidity doesn't bother me in my linen shirt and shorts. The scent in the air is fresh, but a bit sweet. 
Behind me looms the prodigious Clement estate, and beside me a small round table. On that table, a bottle of Clement Rum Agricole. Throughout our inebriated odyssey, sugar has remained a constant through-line regarding Cocktailia and the significant rise of the New World. But alas, the mighty tend to fall the hardest. In the late 19th century, the boon of Caribbean sugarcane fell victim to larger South American plantations. Easier to fill the holes of your ships from one port than to make several small landfalls along the Lesser Antilles. Enter Omer Clement. The island of Martinique was suffering a great recession when Monsieur Clement, a prominent mayor on the island, purchased the bedraggled sugar plantation Domaine de la Cajou, which is now Habitation Clement. In one of the most prolific instances of rum genuity, Homer decided to pivot production from pure sugar to our most scandalous of spirits. Clement didn't earn his face on Mount Lushmore by just making any old Caribbean rum. Much in the way Jamaica added their signature twist to rum, Clement was inspired by his previous exposure to French Armagnac distilling. Rather than refining sugar and using the byproduct, molasses, he said, Poppycock to the president. Clement chose to distill his spirit from fresh-pressed sugarcane juice extracted straight from the stalks. This devilish deviation resulted in an elegant flavor profile of herbaceous, grassy, tropical earthiness with underlying notes of fruit. The essence of this new French rum begot a sense that one was tasting the pleasant terroir of wild Caribbean. With a fresh and prevalent agricultural flavor, this new style was dubbed Rum Agricole. Rum agricole is now made throughout the French Caribbean, such as Haiti and Guadalupe, but only rum from Martinique is governed under the Appellation d'Origine Controlée, or AOC. Rare in the world of rums to have a governing body, the French take their spirits very seriously, and the AOC protects the designation origin, or the designation of origin, for true Martinique rums. And if you're wondering, that's rum. R-H-U-M, the French spelling. For his contribution to Cocktailia and ultimately this province of Tiquidum in which we reside, Monsieur Homé Clement gets placed beside the likes of Don Beach, Trader Vic, and Harry Guy as a veritable paragon of paradismal potions. Now that the sweet scent of sugarcane is in the air, there's one more distinctly Martinican ingredient we're going to need. Sugarcane syrup, or syrup de can, is unlike simple syrup in such that rather than mixing refined sugar with water, sugarcane syrup is made by boiling down actual sugarcane juice. The result is a viscous amber syrup with the same woodsy, grassy, agricole characteristics as the island's rum. For the next stop on our pretend peregrination, we find ourselves hiking the volcanic tropical forests below Mount Pelée. The air is thick and humid now. A wayward squall has blown over as an ephemeral afternoon storm, stealing the atmosphere and adding to the imposing threat of the infamous volcano. In the damp tropical air, we notice an odd shrub taking shelter below the dense tree canopy. Rather than growing randomly, 
the branches of the Quawarabea turbinata tree expel out from a central point on the stem like spokes of a wheel or blades of a ceiling fan. Early plantation workers found that if they cut just below the wheel of branches on one end and about a foot up on the other to create a handle, then trim the radial branches to about an inch, voila, the perfect tool for mixing. Imagine a stick with a flat spur at one end. Of course we are describing a swizzle stick. This is a thin wooden rod where at one end there are small fingers spreading out in a radius, usually used for blending, I'm sorry, initially used for blending soft foods, it was only natural for Martinicans to adopt the swizzle stick for the purpose of mixing drinks. Although the swizzle stick tree grows throughout the Caribbean, Martinicans lay claim to inventing the tool which they traditionally refer to as a bois lele. And yes, the swizzle stick tree is a real thing. It's what they call the Quarabea terminata tree. As the sun begins to recede into the still western Caribbean side of the island, we find ourselves at a small portside cafe. With bellies full of French Caribbean delicacies, we watch the citrine colors of day ripple on the calm sea from our patio table. It's still warm, but a cool breeze blithely caresses our cheeks. The time has come to combine all we have learned heretofore and finally make a tea punch. And make it you will. You see, on Martinique it is custom when one orders a tea punch for the bartender to ask, Chacun prépare son pote mort. Translating to, each prepares his own death. The drama is a bit inflated, but this is the option of having all the ingredients presented and you prepare your own drink. What sticks out to me about the tea punch is something we haven't encountered in other recipes. People agree to disagree on how it's made. It's unanimous which three ingredients have to and only make up a tea punch, but it's also totally agreed upon that each individual can manipulate those ingredients any way they like. Clear or aged rum, that is, blanc or vous. Spoonful of cane syrup or half ounce, ice, no ice. In fact, the biggest controversy surrounding tea punch seems to be how to cut the lime. Now that's refreshing. Petite punch is Creole for little punch, shortened in island patois to tea punch. Aptly named is this cute mini cordial. Look at that little tea punch. Don't you just want to snuggle it and squeeze its little limes? But don't be fooled by its diminutive appearance. This little petite packs a punch. Get it? Punch pack packs a... Oh, never mind. <clears throat> okay. Drinking trends have ostensibly been steered by the New World ever since someone eventually told Columbus that Montego Bay was not Hong Kong. Eventually, the punch bowl was set aside to make room for coops, flutes, and tumblers. Meanwhile, in the Caribbean, punch didn't disappear, but went from being a large shared libation to something more resembling the individual cocktails being served in the U.S. The Caribbean was seeing a tremendous boom in tourism, eventually leading to the daiquiri, mojito, and planter's punch holding court alongside their Manhattan and old-fashioned counterparts. But in 1887, we get our first record of tea punch, immortalized by once Lafcadio Hearn, a reporter who himself had a penchant for the pungent. 
The ingredients were relayed as rum, sugar, and lime, what Jeff Berry refers to as the Holy Trinity. One of the reasons this drink's ingredients amounts are so adjustable is because the purpose of this drink itself is so versatile. Sometimes it's an aperitif, other times a digestive, or as your drink with dinner. From what I understand, it's not uncommon for one to indulge in a little pre-lunch punch. You know, little hair of the conch. In any sort, tea punch is a very pleasant and flavorful drink that can be enjoyed by rum enthusiasts or anyone looking for a tropical taste of Martinique. That is why tea punch has been named the official cocktail of the island. So without further ado, let's make a drink! Our final stop in my uh, imaginary trip to Martinique finds us at a bar. One of those places where the building facade is open air and we sit inside with the ocean at our backs. French cafe jazz with a calypso flair plays in the distance and, and the bartender asks, Chacun prepare su propre mot? Well, we wouldn't want to look the fool, so let's go over how to do this. We're going to start with Rome Agricole. I've only had Barbancourt and Clement, so I can't speak on other brands. Since Clement is the OG, governed under the AOC, and the most commonly found here stateside, I use it. I've had the opportunity to have Clement Cambleu at Tiki, bar, tiki Bars, but it's, it's not easily found in stores. I convinced my local shop to order some, but it hasn't arrived yet, so I'll have to do a revise when it gets here. It's top three all-time favorite rums for me. What I am going to recommend is using Clement VSOP, the VSOP. Any shop carrying Clement is likely to stock this variant, although I will warn you, it is readily available, but one of their top shelves coming in between $40 and $50 a bottle. I usually don't condone mixing anything over $40 per bottle, but in this case, I feel that getting the smoothest, best quality rum agricole truly brings out the herbaceous nature. I've also had Clement, uh, Clement Select Barrel, which is a fine, fine rum and will bring your cost down to $20. But it's got a little more alcohol burn. The sugarcane syrup negates almost all of that completely. Um, using this amber, vu, or aged rum gives us a bit softer, rounder profile, whereas the blanc is grassier. We're going to use the more amber, vu, for this. Traditional Martinique Syrup de Can is something, it's not something you can just run to Walmart and pick up. Even online searches didn't turn up what I was looking for at first. A lot of sugar syrups, or even cane sugar syrup, turns out to be fancy simple. Remember, we want pressed sugar cane syrup, not cane sugar syrup. I really like a brand called Petite Can that I was able to order from kegworks.com. $13 is a small price to pay to be able to recreate that traditional Martinique flavor. Then we come to that lime debacle. Having not been to the island yet, I can only go on the recounts of others found in my research. It seems that the, quote, traditional way of adding lime was to cut a circular pattern in the peel, making a silver dollar-sized lime coin, deep enough to get a thin layer of pulp. The idea here is by squeezing the lime coin over the drink, we get a little bit of juice and a lot of the expressed oils from the peel. Dropping it in makes a delightful garnish as well as aroma. But... Tradition comes in question here as a story relayed in Jeff Berry's Potions of the Caribbean 
recollects a relative of Homer Clement himself making the drink by cutting a lime in half and hand-squeezing the half lime over the drink. This version adds more juice than oils, especially after dropping it in. It also makes the drink a bit pulpy, which I don't care for. Barry's own recipe calls to cut a half of a lime in half. Squeeze both quarter lime wedges into the drink. Rub one along the rim of the glass and drop it in. Discard the other. My conclusion is that it depends on where in the spectrum between punch and cocktail you want your drink to fall. Allow me to elucidate. If you like a sweeter, more punch-like drink, then in a rocks glass, put two ounces rum agricole, half ounce sugarcane syrup, one half of a lime. You're going to pour the booze and sugar, hand squeeze the, the lime half over the glass, and discard the spent shell. Now is the fun part. Grab that boilele. If you don't have one, a bar spoon will suffice, I suppose. Placing the spur end into the glass, you want to agitate the drink by moving the handle back and forth in your palms as if trying to start a campfire. To have this the traditional way, do no ice. And you really shouldn't need it with this sweet, herbaceous sipper. The lime adds that hint of tropics you expect, while the uncanny grassy notes of the rum and syrup separate this from any other drink. At the other end of the spectrum, we have a more sophisticated cocktail. It's no wonder they call tea punch the Caribbean version, or Varibian, of the old-fashioned. For this one, we do two ounces rum agricole, a quarter ounce sugarcane syrup, and a large lime coin. Pour in the rum and sugar, express your lime coin over the drink, letting some juice fall in, and place it to the side. Go ahead and give it a swizzle. Don't go so fast that you create bubbles. You want the drink to dance like a rolling boil, but not break the surface. When you've had enough fun doing that, drop in your lime coin. For this one, I suggest one small ice cube for to cool and slowly dilute the drink. You will notice that the pleasant grass and earthiness of the rum, but with a bit more booziness up front. The sugar and lime fade to supporting rolls as the agricole takes center stage. Using a standard lime wedge instead of cutting the coin also works to mellow out the rum bite with a little citrus. I go back and forth between these variations. But before we bid farewell to the French Caribbean, there is one more recipe we should mention that brings this all full circle back to the man himself. You see, by 1948, Don the Beachcomber had totally tikified the tea punch. Let me introduce the Martinique cocktail. This may get an episode of its own one day, but it bears such resemblance to its progenitor, it cannot go unmentioned here. Don has that way of simultaneously amping up and mellowing out the flavor of a rum. This one calls for another of Don's special mixes, Don's honey. It's simply two parts dark honey, one part hot water. Mix till honey dissolves and keep it in the fridge. The Martinique cocktail really blew me away and made my fiancé, who previously did not like rum agricole, suddenly love it. It's got that classic tiki flavor and that thing that just separates from everything else. 
use the Clement VSOP for this to really express the flavors. And you're going to want a blender. Now, in a blender, put one and a half ounces of rum agricole vu, half ounce lime juice, half ounce falernum, quarter ounce Don's honey, a dash of Angostura bitters, and a half cup of crushed ice. If you don't have crushed, crushed ice, you can use some of that bagged ice from the, from the store. Just kind of drop it a few times and get it as broken as you can. Blend it all till, you know, blend it all good. And blend it up real good, real good. Almost like a frappe or a frothiness to it. And then pour that into a coupe or a cocktail glass. You're not going to want to clean the blender right away because you're going to want to make another one. Sadly, here we are. Back to reality. Sadly, that concludes our fantasy journey to Martinique, friends. I hope this voyage and this drink have given you all a little piece of tropical fantasy. Jimmy Buffett once sang, If I ever live to be an old man, I'm going to sail down to Martinique, buy me a sweat-stained Bogart suit. Well, when I finally get down there, I'll don my best linen and practice my whistling. I hear all you do is put your lips together and blow. This has been Pod Tiki. Thank you. I want to give some props to my sources for this episode. Potions of the Caribbean by Jeff Berry. Uh, RumClementUSA.com My favorite recipe sites, imbibe.com, liquor.com, and differedsguide.com, as well as various stories and anecdotes from around the web. Please follow me and Pod Tiki at at pod underscore tiki and myself at rum underscore poet on Instagram. Visit shareyourbuzz.com and click the Pod Tiki archive tab for all past episodes. Podtiki.com takes you to the same place. My name is Tony, and most of all, thank you for listening. Santé!